Let's get it. This is Life's Essential Ingredients with Jeff and a mic, where we hope to inform, inspire, and transform lives one essential ingredient at a time. Welcome to the show. Listeners, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Life's Essential Ingredients. We're season two, episode 27 with Rose Griffin coming from the greater Cleveland area. Uh, first of all, where you can find Rose uh, on Instagram at ABA Speech by Rose or through her website at abaspeech.org. So about our guest, she is the founder of ABA Speech host of the Autism Outreach Podcast, is an ASHA certified speech language pathologist, board certified behavior analyst, and product developer. Rose has developed several online courses to help speech therapists achieve meaningful communication goals, feel empowered to engage their clients, and to feel hope when it feels lost. Rose has 20 years of experience in both public school systems and private clinics and is driven each day to helping individuals with autism find their voice and become independent communicators. Rose, thanks for dedicating your life to helping autistic children and the SLPs who are working with them to find their voice. Rose, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited to talk today. Oh, yes. And uh, listeners, just a real quick behind the scenes. I feel like this is going to be a speed dating episode. <laughs> so hold on. Rose has got appointments and is crazy busy. So we're going to fly through this, but there's going to be some incredible content. Uh, and if you're a regular listener, you know, we always start with a thought of the day, which is a quote based upon our guest. Uh, and so, Rose, here we go. It's from Helen Keller. And here's the quote, I long to accomplish a great and noble task, but it is my chief duty and job to accomplish humble tasks as though they were great and noble. The world is moved along not only by the mighty shoves of its heroes, but also by the aggregate of the tiny pushes of each honest worker. Why would I pick that for you, Rose? Well, I love that so much. I I think the thing with speech therapy is that you really need to celebrate the small successes, because they are in essence leading to much larger ones. And we really have to celebrate the small moments. And I think that's something that is probably a gift of mine that I really love and enjoy celebrating these moments with my clients um, that, that are really leading towards them being independent communicators. Ah, and I love that. And uh, I think listeners, you know, without I don't know what your challenges are. I think everybody has them, but in, in getting prepared for this episode, I couldn't imagine, you know, having my child not be able to communicate and to not communicate with me and me with him and to understand what's going on. And our guest today kind of helps families figure that out and has mastered with her 20 years of experience the best way to do that, the correct assessment skills, and then shares that with people all over the world. And again, I know one of the main ways she does that is through her podcast, uh, the Autism Outreach Podcast. So make sure you check that out uh, and subscribe to that. Normally on Life's Essential Ingredients, Rose, we want to get into you, uh, but no disrespect to you because I feel like you have so much other expertise, it would be more beneficial since our time is tight. And I would love to get into that, but uh, I think the first step for us is to just, and this is a broad question, but provide clarity on autism 
because <laughs> there's uh, just so many different um, information out there. It's hard to, hey, what exactly does it mean uh, and provide clarity for us? Absolutely. So autism is defined as a developmental disability, and it can affect people in their socialization, how they're communicating, um, behavioral challenges, sensory needs. And I think the thing that's most important to say is that when I started presenting in the field about 10 years ago, the incidence rate was one in 240. And I remember using that incidence rate in my talks. And now the CDC has come out with a new rate that uh, prevalence rate is one in 44 individuals are diagnosed as, as being autistic. And so I think that, you know, we either have a loved one who has autism or we have somebody we know in our environment that has autism. And so we just just want to make sure that we're supporting people. And, you know, the thing is, it really is a spectrum. And so, you know, there are some people who are not yet speaking, um, who may use other forms of communication, like a, an iPad with a software program or sign language up and up until, you know, there might be somebody who has autism. And, you know, if you talk to them, you may not, um, understand that they have autism as you may traditionally have this idea of, of an autistic person. And so it really is a spectrum. And there's a saying, um, from Stephen Shore, I believe who's an autistic individual that if you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism because everybody is so very different and, and, you know, everybody's going to have different support needs. Yes. Well, thank you for that uh, overview. And yeah, one of the things in, in preparation for this show, uh, I went to the CDC site, found that same number, and then it's one in 27 boys um, yeah. is affected and then one in 116 girls. And so between the combination of those, that's how they get to one in 44. We had an incredible guest on this show uh, last season, I believe, and she was referring to one in 37 was a number. And then I don't recall, but this was so alarming that I remember it, but she was reading some research that in 25 years from now, that number could be less than one in 10, oh, wow. uh, which is just so alarming. Uh, and yeah. more, uh, we need more and more people like you helping uh, people with autism and the families kind of get clarity on it. And then providing some resources for helping them uh, develop their best self. And, and that was one of the things that, that jumped out at me too. Um, and it went back with your quote, um, but most uh, people with autism are diagnosed after the age of four, uh, which is a challenge in itself. Uh, and then, like you said, it's a spectrum. So 31% had an IQ less than 70, 25% uh, normal, 71 to 85, and then 44% above 85. How does this, this focus there for a quick second, when you're working with a client and, and maybe there's an SLP speech language pathologist that's listening into this and maybe they're new in their journey, but how do you gain the, the, the skill set to help assess that kind of variance right there that we just talked about? Cause that's right. huge. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it is huge. And so, you know, when I was starting in the field in 2003, there, there were no podcasts. I mean, I don't think they existed and there wasn't as much online information available. And so right now I think what's so very exciting, it's kind of like exciting. It's a pro and a con, right? There's a lot of information. Okay. But there's going to be a lot of people telling you how to navigate this and how to do it. And there's going to be differing theories based on research and everybody's going to have a different take. So you do have to filter out uh, information either from a parent who has a child who's diagnosed as autistic 
or if you're a provider. Um, I think what's really important is to, you know, I have always surrounded myself in jobs where I was going to be working with autistic learners because that's really my passion. So you're going to be learning by doing and taking professional development courses, listening to podcasts, and then applying that information because you're right. Somebody who is newly diagnosed and maybe they're two and not yet speaking, their therapy is going to look a lot different from somebody maybe like I work three days a week in a public school, middle school, high school level. And so I have students in there that are, you know, in the gifted program, but they're working on a couple social skills some nuanced types of things, entering a group, working collaboratively with others, you know, um, perspective taking all these different types of skills that are very nuanced. And so that is going to look very different. And so you really just have to try to get that information, um, from a professional development sense, and then just kind of immerse yourself in, in helping others. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, uh, Rose is being kind to herself, but uh, that's one of her product development yes. is that professional development uh, insight. And so taking all of her years of experience and just go to abaspeech.org. She has some incredible classes uh, that she offers uh, to SLP, speech language pathologists, to help them take her experience and fast forward that so you can empower yourself and your clients to start taking the gains uh, to to figure um, this thing out, which is, again, researching it crazy challenging because it's just uh, all over the place. And so I appreciate that. What in, what website or guide, you know, you said you have to filter out so much information for parents. Is there any that you would recommend uh, of like, man, my child's really not hitting the markers right now. And I've never even thought about autism. Where would you direct a a parent to go right now? I really love, you know, in addition, you mentioned, I do have a course called Start Communicating Today, which is for toddlers and preschool students. And I do have a lot of parents that take that course too, because, you know, sometimes your child will be on a wait list and, you know, you're like waiting for this autism diagnosis. In the meantime, you want to like be helping your child now, hence start communicating today. Um, Another website that I really like is called Autism Navigator. And it just goes through some of the different characteristics of an autistic learner. Like, you know, sometimes people with autism don't like to make eye contact. Sometimes um, little ones with autism are not pointing. They're not yet speaking. They're not engaged with others like, um, you know, like a typical learner would be. And so those are some uh, different characteristics that you might see. And they have video videos of autistic uh, children and just gives you an idea of, you know, is this my child? And really, when you get that autism diagnosis, I just uh, taped my own podcast this morning with a speech therapist who's also has an autistic son. And she said, you know, when she got the autism diagnosis, it really did open the door for more resources for her child, which was what was so very important for her and her family. And I love uh, that. I love that word engaged. And how would you uh, guide your clients, SLPs, or even let's say parents, they're both your, your clients mm-hmm. on building the relationship you know and i do have uh, i have a big family eight brothers and sisters and i have a, a nephew uh, who is autistic and i know that's one of the challenges that my brother has is he has so much love in his heart and i know his son does as well but it's just not reflected to my brother and it's been hard for him and he he understands and is able to separate that but how would you suggest uh, building a relationship, which is key in, in anything, but even more so with the subject matter that we're talking about? 
Oh, I love that question. And I wonder how old your nephew is, but I, you know, so there's this idea from a clinical sense, the word's called joint attention. But, you know, when I talk with parents, I just talk about how we can engage in these shared activities. And so I feel like we have to really be detectives. And so for younger students, the way that I talk about that is, can we do uh, books? Can we do books together? You know, it's not this idea of, you know, I'm going to sit and read a book and you're going to attend. I'm going to make you sit. You know, it's not like that, especially little kids kids. They're not going to do that no matter what typical learners or whatever. I have three kids of my own. They are all typical language learners, but you know, having a book doing like uh, Pete, the cat is one of my favorite books. Um, chicka, chicka, boom, boom. They're very fun books. Good night. Gorilla is another one. Um, the other way that we can engage with, um, our little ones is through play, you know, through toys. And a big thing that I talk about, and I have a YouTube channel called ABA speech, and I have some videos about this is sometimes we have to modify things. So maybe an autistic learner is not going to, um, engage in an activity the same way that a typical language learner would, but it doesn't mean we can't have that connection before communication. And so we might modify the way we play connect for. So, you know, if I play with my daughter, who's 12, you know, she's going to want to beat me and she's going to want to get 12 in a row or four in a row. But if I play with a younger student and, you know, we're working on just that connection, we might just say, okay, which color do you want? And we're just going to take turns putting in the token. Okay. We're still having this shared activity together. It's something we can do together. And for the student that I choose that for that's at their skill level. So they're doing in a cooperative activity, which is great for this social reciprocity. And you can see during these types of natural environment tasks, that's kind of what we call it. It's a jargon term, but these natural types of tasks that are kind of semi-structured that we do see a lot more language from students versus just sitting and kind of doing like more of a, a flashcards and things like that. So that would be an idea. Now, when I'm working with my middle school and high school age students, you know, I try to also do different types of modified leisure. So uh, I try to do yoga with my students. I always joke that I was, um, I used to say I wanted to be an aerobics instructor until I started my own business. And then I was like, okay, too many things. <laughs> things. Um, but you know, like we just do standing poses. I put on meditation music on YouTube. And so the students are working on following directions. It's a shared activity. What's nice about older learners, wherever it depends on your region, but where I live, we have a lot of good services. And so we have some uh, aerobics classes and yoga classes that are geared towards people with special needs. And so then I see it as a time that, you know, and I think that's, what's harder for parents too, is that when you have an older student, that idea of what you can enjoy together kind of gets more limited, right? Because depending on your region, depending on if they have sensory friendly plays or sensory friendly sports, you know, if you're living in a small town, you know, you may not have access to all those amazing things that I do here in my area in Cleveland or that families do. Mm, mm, great uh, insight. And I guess the way to, to ask this is uh, it's not a, it's kind of a goofy, but I think a lot of times we end up playing to our strengths. You know, that's just what we, it's our human nature. And then you have a child that, that has autism. And I think it's important for us to be able to take a step back and say, hey, what are their strengths? And let me, right. let me play to, to, to their strengths uh, and kind of get out of my own way. Um, and I imagine, you know, I don't have, I have two, you know, traditional learners uh, myself that are older now, but I imagine that's got to be a big challenge, you know, right. of, of being able to take that step back. What insight 
would you have uh, on that? And you just provided some great, but it, I don't know if I'm asking the different question. I feel like I am, but yeah, yeah, no, it is different. And I think the thing that I do with parents, cause I see a handful of kids here in my hometown for private services. And what I try to do with parents is a lot of coaching as far as, you know, like with the book example, you know, I might have a book or maybe we're going to do a song together if it's a younger student and the parents think, okay, you know, you got, you have to sit right here. You have to sit by Miss Rose. This is what we're doing. It's work time. And I'm like, no, no, that's not how this goes. I can't make a child communicate, right? You can't make anybody do anything, you know, and we shouldn't have that mentality, but some people do. So you want to really engage and motivate. And that's right. Just what you're saying is kind of like, we want to be little detectives and that's, you know, I have a product called double up, which is a vocabulary game. And it's a social type game because you're matching picture to picture. They're real life pictures. And so, you know, oftentimes when students get older, the amount of resources and just support support. It's just completely almost vanishes. It's just really awful. Um, and so, you know, I might have a student who is in 11th grade and maybe they can just match, they can match picture to picture. And that's still something that's really great. And that's still something that they can do together. And I got really inspired by working. I worked in a, a non-public program. So for students who have behavioral barriers and they can't attend public school because of that, um, I spent a lot of my time in my career until I started my business, um, doing work in, in a center like that. And I was seeing these older students who, you know, really didn't have a lot of shared activities with their parents, really were not embedded in the community. And so just like you're saying, I put on my little detective hat because, you know, I'm always thinking about how to help. And I created this whole product to do that because oftentimes, you know, when students are older, I mean, it's fine if a student is older and they want to, you know, they like something that's for younger students. I don't think parents should be upset by that. You know, you kind of like what you like, but I think it's great to be able to expose our clients to um, age respectful materials. So all the products that we make at ABA speech, whether digital or physical products that we ship out all have real life pictures. And I think that's something that when you have an autistic child and they are getting older, it really just gets hard to know, well, how can I help them continue to learn? How can I help them by using age respectful materials? Because there's just not a lot of resources out there. Yeah. Yeah, man. So thankful that you're out there guiding everybody. Uh, and that, that has to feel so good, but take me back to the first time way when you just started your career and you're working with a, a young autistic learner and they spoke for the first time. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's it's just the most amazing feeling. You know, I have um, some clients. I'm also licensed in Washington State, and I do a little bit of teletherapy and some consultation. And I just had a client, like, um, it was her second session, and we were listening, and she hadn't said anything the first session. And then the second session, we were listening to a song by Lori Berkner, which is like this old school kind of YouTube channel. And it was about fish. And so, you know, I played the video and she was watching it and we were in this shared activity. And then I kind of, the video stopped and I heard her say fish and it was just so cool. I'm like, how can I not have the best day ever? This child just said her first word here. I mean, it's just really exciting. So, um, yeah, it just never gets old. Those first words. It's very, very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So many great things. And unfortunately, there's always a, the other end uh, of the spectrum on that. And, and I know just in research and 40% of individuals with autism are nonverbal. And this one really shook me up. This uh, statistic, uh, 50%, they called it bolting from sitting. Oh. 
Yeah. Elopement. Yeah. I actually just made a, a TikTok about that. I'm on, I'm on TikTok too, people, ABA speech, but you know, yeah. So sometimes in the um, special ed word, they call world, they call that elopement. So there's a lot of like jargon terms that, that are just hard for parents to navigate, but that's probably what you're talking about. Bolding. Absolutely. I mean, that's a major safety risk, you know, and when I worked at um, the Cleveland clinic has a school for autistic uh, students. It's called the learner school in here in Cleveland. And I, I spent three years there working. And one of the things that we did for the kids, which I thought was absolutely amazing is every single week they had a swim lesson because we had a therapy pool and they had swim lessons from a swim instructor. And I thought this is amazing because you do see those really sad stories where a student gets lost and then maybe they, you know, they drown because they don't know how to swim. So, so swim safety and water safety is a really, really important thing for, you know, for all kids, but especially autistic learners. Yeah, I was shocked and I'm so glad that you brought it because I was getting ready to bring that up. Drowning is the leading cause of death. 90% are associated with wandering into a pool. So uh, yeah, those swim lessons, just invaluable for all people. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I love that. Um, Hey, let's get, we're going to just get right to the end. Uh, Again, we've been on with Rose Griffin coming from the greater Cleveland area. You can find her uh, via her website, abaspeech.org, incredible website. Uh, And she is the amazing host of the Autism Outreach Podcast. So Rose, you've had an incredible career. Um, You're not to sound morbid, but my profession was that of a registered nurse uh, for 29 years. Uh, And so I've been surrounded by death. Uh, yeah. which, uh, um, is not a, a bad thing, but it is your time, you know, 50 years from now, uh, you've helped people all over the world. Uh, it is your time to, to take your next step and you're on your deathbed and you're surrounded by the people that love you. Uh, there's an incredible quote that I like to use from John Olson. The only thing you, the only thing you take with you when you're gone is what you leave behind. What is it you want people, uh, to have felt from their time with you? Uh, you know, that I'm just here to support here to support people who are going through this autism journey. And so, you know, sometimes parents get a lot of shame on in social media, unfortunately it can be a negative place about, you know, what intervention they're trying or how they're helping their child. And, you know, we don't know what it's like to have an autistic child. So, you know, I just want people to know that I come from a place of positivity and I come from a place of being here to support others. Mm, I love it. Any last things you want to share with the listeners? Just make sure to come and visit me at my website, abaspeech.org. And if you have a child with autism, look at our Start Communicating Today course. What's so cool about the course is that you can learn strategies you can use with your own children and you get access to a private Facebook group where I go in live and I do monthly coaching and answer all of your questions. I love it. Listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Life's Essential Ingredients. Uh, My Pasha is not here, but boom, baby, that just happened. We out.